Hey guys, welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Ledger Show. So today we have a very interesting guest with us, Dr. Shravani. Now, Dr. Shravani by the name is a doctor, but she's much more than that. She is a clinician, she is a strategist, she is a management professional who strongly believes in putting philosophies to practice. Now, when I talk about Shravani, Shravani is a seasoned entrepreneur, a seasoned doctor, and we can say you know a, seen, a seasoned strategist who is coming with a lot of experience with a lot of dynamics to her welcome shivani to the ledger show thank you so much for having me vishesh and thank you for uh, um, bringing me here to your amazing talk show thank you uh, it's a pleasure shivani and so it will be a pleasure you know for all the audience i would really love shivani uh, you know for you to give uh, an audience an introduction about yourself that you know who actually shivani is okay well that's a really interesting question where do i begin a lot of times when somebody asks you uh, who are you mm-hmm. most of the times we end up answering by giving an answer to what we do you know the mm-hmm. moment somebody asks me who am i so i do not like to begin by saying that i am a doctor because that's something um i am by profession and qualification uh, who is shravni um, i belong uh, to hyderabad uh, from south india uh i happened to be qualified as a medical doctor mm-hmm. but most of my experience and career has spanned less into clinical medicine practice and more into uh, management and entrepreneurial journey that's because of the family legacy that i have um i got into the family pharmaceutical business much early while i was still in med school so strategy marketing business and how to run a business and how to scale a business uh, is something that i was very intrigued from a very um early phase of my career so naturally when i finished my medical school my graduation and got out my interest was also about uh, looking at opportunities to create a greater impact in healthcare to a larger ecosystem rather than just practicing what i have learned or you know uh, grow into a specific specialty that was my interest so mm-hmm. i've had a very unorthodox professional journey so to say Uh, i'm not your typical doctor who finished medical school and started seeing patients which i did for very um brief period of time but uh, most of my career has been uh, into uh, management and administration like i said so that's where i am so um a decade and a half career journey has spanned across pharmaceuticals edtech medtech e learning and medical education entrepreneurship uh, which is across home health occupational health and currently um i do a lot of consulting work for companies outside of us to bring new products into the market here into indian and asian markets so i work as a consultant as well and that's where my interest lies and uh, i'm a doting mother to a six and a half year old beautiful rock star girl uh, that's who shravni is and that's as amazing you know as it sounds and shravni you know when i look at your profile i see a lot of names written over there including the isb the national law university walton bits plani liverpool academy mm. you know these these mm. are the names that people really fall for but mm. over here you know i i would really like you to point out that you know how this journey really went along was these the things that you know you kept in mind that you know they should come or was it you know on the go how did it really span out Hmm. Which is, um, I wish I could answer this differently, but I'll be as candid as possible. Nothing in my life ever was planned. Hmm. Um, none of it. Um, now, 
getting into a medical school uh, was something that was a, a sort of a natural journey. I was good in school. I was good in academics. And there has never been a doctor in the family. And I'm the first doctor in the family. And there was an inclination. I was really interested in biology. So mm-hmm. biotechnology and medicine were the two things I was interested in. But naturally, uh, you know, uh, I got into a medical school and finished graduation. Now, the typical uh, training system or education system in India, typically, and it also can be extended to the uh, rest of the world as well. A medical professional, a doctor, when you train, the primary purpose of that training is to help a patient uh, get better, right? To treat mm-hmm. a disease or an illness or to provide better health outcomes for patients. That's what a doctor is trained for, right? Mm-hmm. And that's all you get taught in the medical school also. This is how you treat diseases, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the journey that you see, right? The different varied skilling um, qualifications that you see, the way I have, uh, you know, tried to upskill myself and cross skill myself so to say, uh, is not something that was planned or something that was taught or it's not a direction you get in a medical school. But having said that, like I told you, the, the, uh, after I got out of medical school, right, mm-hmm. my interest has always been about how do I build something or add value to something is being built where the impact is larger or a lot of other things could be done. Whereas management, administration, marketing, finance, these are not terms that we get discussed in medical school, you know, unlike other professions, like other, uh, you know, graduate diplomas that you do, where these are some of the topics get discussed. But for a medical student, all you get taught is medicine and nothing else. But for me, uh, what always interested and excited me is one thing. Um, I've always been somebody who's intrigued by um, different things, how they come together and, you know, help uh, sustain or succeed a business. Like I said, probably mm-hmm. that's something I, uh, you know, uh, took off from my own uh, family's journey that I told you about the pharma company. But having said that, I was always intrigued. So the moment I got out of medical school, uh, usually the first step is to either sit in a clinic and practice or look for a specialty and, you know, uh, get into a postgraduate program and specialize in a particular specialty and start seeing patients. Whereas mm-hmm. my interest was in management. So I think naturally I was inclined towards pursuing uh, further, um, you know, training and skilling in those areas. So mm-hmm. that's how I picked up um, the management program and MBA. Uh, while I was working. Um, This is something I've done consciously uh, because um, after I finished medicine, I wanted to continue to work in the industry while I learned anything. You know, I didn't want to uh, pursue something and then come back and do. So if you see all the journey uh, of my profile, right? Mm -hmm. While I was upscaling and studying and educating to learn some new thing, I was parallelly working full time. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a reason because I am a doctor who was trained to be a clinician. I'm expected to be in the center of the healthcare while I also want to learn the other parallel disciplines to enhance my capabilities. But the industry experience that I will need will always be vital to this. And this I was sure of from day one. So I continued to work uh, whatever uh, programs that I continue to take parallelly. So there came management. Um, marketing is something that has always excited me and digital marketing especially has always been something I was fascinated about. So I continue to learn in management. Uh, I'm also a postgraduate in uh, family medicine and I specialize in diabetes management. That's the Royal Liverpool diploma you see. Mm -hmm. But I did while I was pursuing my management education as well. Now, um, I did that and I continue to uh, gain experience in the industry as well. But then I realized, you know, I'm somebody who, who loves to learn. 
and to put into practice parallelly, you know, uh, not just for the sake of a diploma. Uh, ISB was, um, you know, a very challenging um, call that I had to take because the first discussion was about you already have an MBA, you are a doctor and not a, you know, a management professional. You've mm -hmm. already learned a lot of non-clinical stuff. Why do you still want to go to ISB? That's what I was asked by everybody, both family, friends back in 2017. Mm -hmm. um, but what interested me is the, uh, the programs that I've learned. I grasped specifics from each of them. My management MBA gave me the basics, what I needed, the management learning. But ISB's uh, senior executive program in healthcare was something that was shaped for senior leaders in the country that helps them look at, you know, different perspectives about business strategies in healthcare, opens your network to extensive, um, you know, healthcare leadership communities. And this is where I was already exploring entrepreneurial opportunities. So this was like the perfect fit for me to get in there and mm -hmm. see those newer perspectives in business and healthcare. And, and I'm somebody who believes you learn throughout your life and it doesn't end with a degree because I, it's, not, it's not why you study something, you know, education is for you to grasp and apply, not for a certificate. So that's why I wanted to go to ISB, I did that. And medical legal ethics and medical legal um, aspects of healthcare have always intrigued me. Um, they always support your journey as a healthcare leader. And since I was getting into entrepreneurial journeys in healthcare, where mm. there is service delivery to patients involved. So understanding the legalities, um, you know, adds greater value. So that's why I think I picked up that program from the law university. Having said that, um, was this planned journey? No, it wasn't. Was it on the go? Yes, it was. But it was definitely not a random decision each time. It was always in sync with the journey that I was having parallelly in the industry, you know. Uh, that's how I picked up my um, um, upscaling options parallelly while I continued to work what I did. Sounds amazing. And Shrimi, you know, let me just uh, draw the steps slightly bit, uh, you know, aback. So you were talking about process cling. And when I say, you know, when we talk about process cling, you know, in a very traditional uh, educational system, it is mm. not seen, you know, as something which is very much respected across. So, yes. the, so there is a you know, brief experience that we had. So uh, by academia, I'm an engineer. But mm. uh, you know, when I started up, I started a law firm and began mm. to look at the task you know, as a manager. I was the CEO at the mm. organization. And mm. this cross-killing of putting management, law, and technology together was something mm. that the traditional ecosystem not just not even just appreciated, but was you know, uh, something which was not even present at that point of time. Mm. So uh, when we talk about healthcare professionals, so uh, no, when I say, you know, there's Dr. Shravani, I know there's a doctor to whom I cannot go, you know, to get my cold checkup. Now, this is a doctor mm. with whom I can talk about ad tech, I can talk about health tech, I can talk about, you know, being strategizing about marketing, a lot of things, but mm. not, you know, going to get uh, my health checkup done. Now, mm. when we say that, you know, you moved up from the traditional setup, how did it really work mm. out for you, both in terms of, you know, your personal dynamics, your friends, families and all of them? Right. That's a very interesting question and an honest and courageous one to put. And let me put all my courage together to give you an honest answer. Um, firstly, to begin with the statement you made, you would still be OK to come to me for any marketing decisions or management decisions, but may not want to come to me for a cold checkup. Let me tell you that for the closest of my friends, families, uh, professional friends and extended network, I'm mm -hmm. still their personal doctor. Okay. I may not be uh, doing surgeries and doing any hospital in admissions and treating them, mm -hmm. but I'm still their go to doctor. And there are at least 100 to 200 families. I'm their first point of contact because then add one more. 
Yes. Because I do have your number. I'm going to call that very often. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So like I said, medicine, like, right? Being a doctor, right? Is something like this. Let me give you a simple example. It's like riding a bicycle, right? Mm-hmm. You learn how to ride and balance it. And you never forget that in life, right? Mm-hmm. Now, medicine is something wherein the basics of how do you examine a patient and understand the condition and diagnose the case, especially with general medicine. I mean, not the specialties. I'm a general physician. And those are things that you are taught. And that's not something you forget. Number one. Number mm-hmm. two, the only difference is how updated I am about the latest guidelines and protocols and you know treatment uh, modalities is what makes the difference. But yes, agreed to in comparison to my counterparts who are sitting in clinic full time. Mm-hmm. Um, would I be a better clinician than them on any given day? Probably not. But I am still a clinician and a doctor and a, uh, at heart and I still continue to do that. Not as a profession, but like I said, with my friends and family and everybody, right? Mm-hmm. That's one. Second is, um, is this challenging in a traditional system? And you gave your own story, right? And I'm happy you shared that. And I completely agree with that. You know, mm. anything that is not in sync with the current structure in the society, right? Anything that goes against or not even against a little digressed from the standard norms of the society mm. is always looked at with bias, right? Like you rightly said, if I am a doctor, I'm expected to sit in a clinic. I don't fit anywhere else. That's the norm. And the moment I come into a management segment or sector, or for that matter, I do anything else, right? Today, I could be an entrepreneur and start a law firm, hire lawyers and try to start a firm, run a business, right? That's about me being an effective manager and a leader, right? But then the question is, okay, now she's first question is, will she be able to lead and drive this business? Because she wasn't trained for this, number one. Second Mm -hmm. is, if I succeed, if I succeed. Then the bias is, oh, now that she is doing this, she can no longer be the doctor that she was and probably we cannot ask her about our blood pressure and diabetes, right? Mm -hmm. Now, this is the bias that is ingrained in our society. That's because traditionally, Vishesh, Mm -hmm. um, we've always been tuned to vertical learning, right? And Mm -hmm. vertical career graphs, wherein a person is expected to learn, practice and flourish in single line of science or expertise right Mm -hmm. but today we are talking to each other here we are example as examples and there are so many people out there today doctors who are running companies Mm -hmm. leaders and managers engineers who were trained to do something else ended up becoming you know public servants as IAS and IFS officers and running different uh, things for the country Mm -hmm. there is so much so many examples that we see in life it's just that in our mindset uh, the society's mindset the bias exists uh, Vishesh that you know we need to be vertically expertized, not mm-hmm. necessarily, especially in the today's age and time and the future that is to come. It is all about the extent of knowledge and learning that you have as a breadth, not as a height or length, if you know what I mean, you know, mm-hmm. how cross-functionally abled you are. I'll give you a small example. Today, my counterparts, my friends and colleagues who are working in the hospitals as clinicians, their job no longer today is being a clinician alone. Because earlier the medical system in India or anywhere else in the world was a doctor is expected to see a patient and the job ended there. Mm -hmm. Today, if you see a doctor in the hospital is expected to do a lot more. You see your patient, but your patient is no longer just a patient. Your patient is also a customer now. So a patient experience angle comes up, patient feedback comes into play, patient support needs to be managed. And there are cross-functional teams that are working. There is a marketing team, there is a finance team, there is a strategy team, there are nurses, clinical and non-clinical teams and other specialities, a doctor is expected to 
work with everybody, collaborate and produce effective clinical outcomes, better patient outcomes. So can't you see that the clinician is already being expected to be a manager and an administrator? But the point I'm trying to make is they are not trained for that. So they will have to learn that. So today, a discipline is no longer a single discipline, Vishesh. Uh, there is a word today. Earlier, it was just entrepreneurs, right? Today, mm -hmm. we all talk about intrapreneurs also, mm -hmm. right? Wherein you as an employee or you as a doctor, you are no longer just expected to do your own job, but you're expected to have an intrapreneurial mindset, wherein you make a difference to the organization and business at large, and not just your patient in your cubicle and your clinic. And suppose let's talk about a private practitioner, right? In a clinic. Today, a clinician who's sitting in his own clinic, he's not just seeing patients, right? He needs to see how many patients are coming in, how many of them are coming back, how much he needs to make to sustain the business. How does he break even? How does he scale? How does he expand his business? What is all this? It's all about business management, isn't it? Uh, with all due respect, Vishesh, healthcare is a business at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. Now, for a clinician to run the show, he needs to understand these basics. So today, I think the dynamics have changed. But yes, as you said, the society's bias still exists. And to answer your question uh, lastly, right? How yes. has this worked out for me? This has worked out for me. Um, the proof for this is that I'm doing this interview with you, you know, and I'm not talking to you as a specific specialist treating a disease. But you are talking to me as a doctor who has explored other avenues and I get to have a conversation with you about nine other disciplines. And for me, this is reason enough to say that it has worked out, that I have been able to, um, you know, uh, make a difference, um, not just in my domain, but extend it to other cross-functional domains, incorporate the expertise from those domains and drive a better healthcare value rather than what I would have done otherwise. Now, I would have loved to be a full-time clinician. I love being a doctor. But like I said, right, the first statement I made, I wanted to be able to make a larger impact. I wanted to do something where I'm able to make bigger decisions about creating bigger impact, do something exciting in life. And there is a personal selfishness also here. I'm somebody who gets bored sitting in a cubicle. Uh, I need to be someone doing different things, working with people. Um, I like the hustle. So um, it definitely has worked out for me. But yes, it wasn't easy. It was challenging. It still is challenging because... Um, when I sit with my healthcare counterparts who are full-time clinicians, mm. I am the odd one out because, oh, she is the um, management lady. She's no longer one of us. Okay. Mm. And when I sit currently, I work, most of my time goes into a health tech firm and I work with another investment firm in US trying to bring their products here. While I sit on those board meetings, mm. I am the doctor. I'm looked at as the healthcare leader or consultant, but um Definitely not as the core management or technical person because they think that is their forte. So where do I fit in, Vishesh? I think I beautifully fit in understanding both the worlds that I can have conversations on both the sides. So it definitely worked out for me. So Shlemri, you know, would really love to know a day in your life. So suppose that, you know, what's a typical day really looks like? What a typical day looks like? Oh, okay. Uh, should I start from the moment I get up? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, 
All right. So uh, I get up about 5, 5.30. 5.30 usually is the time I get up. Mm-hmm. Um, and my first thing that I do in the day is so I go for a jog or a run depending on my fitness level. So I've not been allowed to run for quite some time for some reason. So I used to jog and now I'm getting back to running. So mm-hmm. I spend about 45 minutes to one hour uh, and I mix it up with either jogs, runs or uh, yoga on a couple of days of the week. So that's my exercise regimen or physical fitness routine whatever you want to call it that's one hour I give in the morning um 6 37 ish I think that's where the hustle begins because like I told you uh, I have a six and a half year old baby girl mm-hmm. um so the next couple of hours one and a half to two hours goes into that crazy hustle in the morning about you know uh getting her ready to school and packing her off to school and then getting out for my own work as well Mm-hmm. Um, so I work in a hybrid model. Like I said, I pick up a lot of consultant projects and I do some work here as well. So uh, my work um, schedules are flexible. So on a typical day, I would probably be out of the house post breakfast by 8.30 or so. I'm in the car after mm-hmm. I've packed my girl to school. Um, then I reach office by 9.30 and my scheduled meetings and calls in the office begin at 10. Um, and everything is calendarized because I work with teams uh, across the geographies. Most of the teams are in US. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are scheduled calls, sometimes early calls with them. And then I have meetings. I work with the teams. And currently the teams that I work with are exciting product development folks, tech folks and marketing folks. Those are the people that I spend most of my time with and medical content teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I finish my work calls and meetings that I have to attend to. And then I probably, so I do a lot of um, social activism as well. I'm somebody who's very passionate about some of the causes that I believe in. And I'm very, very active in some of the areas here uh, in mm-hmm. Hyderabad and across the country. So if there are scheduled um, works related to that, I take them out during a weekday. Uh, mm-hmm. I basically work around uh, mental health advocacy, women and child abuse um, are my passionate areas. So that's where my work is usually. So if there are those meetings, I look after them. And then I come back probably home around 6, 6.30ish, probably before 7, I reach home mm-hmm. in the hustling traffic. Um, my next one and a half to two hours goes into spending time with my kid, um, you know, getting her homeworks done and then making sure her bedtime routine is done. And then I spend about 30 to 45 minutes reading. That's something I do every day. Um, and maybe meditate before I go to bed or listen to music, whatever works for each day. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sometimes in the evenings, I might have some calls with the teams that I work with in the US. So those calls continue. But before 10, I usually wrap up, uh, which also includes having some interesting conversations with people like you. Um, And that's my typical day. That's what I do. That's really, you know, very interesting, very packed up, to be honest. I didn't see, you know, a mention of that, you know, I take one and a half hour out for my lunch or one and a half hour, you know, for just resting up. I didn't see any of it. (laughs) Resting time. uh, Rest is uh, usually when I go to bed, uh, Vishesh. So my rest is usually between 10 to 5. That's my rest. Um, Lunch usually is work lunch. So I take about 20 to 25 minutes uh, in my routine, uh, probably around 1.30 or so I have my lunch. Breakfast, I usually finish and leave. Mm-hmm. Um, lunch during work is probably around 1.30-ish. I take 15, 20 minutes off there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do that. And uh, evening, I think my rest is uh, post 10 o'clock, like I said. But I'll answer your question in a different way. Um, the two, two and a half to three hours that I spend, right, in the morning and in the evening doing the things that I told you, my workout is my rest. My reading is my rest. 
um the time i spend with my child in the evening reading books with her and spending time in her bedtime routine is my rest you know uh, rest doesn't have to be typically where in your lying down and sleeping uh, you know i think these are also my rests and uh, usually in the morning when i'm running um i take out 15 20 minutes so i'm very interested in gardening uh, mm-hmm. i've got a little garden in the house so i spend some time mostly 3 4 days in a week uh, that's my rest also for me rest has a different definition um so that's about my rest and uh, and i work five days um and that was a conscious call um saturdays and sundays are usually off unless and until there are some boat calls one or two otherwise i, I make sure that i work only five days um saturday and sunday is for me my child and for the social work that i do uh, that's where i accommodate those so guys learn and know it for someone who has got you know a dr kalam's women empowerment and excellence award as well as the vidya shiromani awards by the government of telangana this is what is called rest not when you go typically to a pub and spend your time so yeah yeah shivani you know i would really love to know when you said that you know you moved to office and start working and you also you know put on a lot of consulting projects uh, you are a board yes. advisor with a lot of companies how did that really work out in an organization setup because i see a lot of complaints you know from professionals who say that you know my work life or my uh, you know my professional setup does not allow me to pursue these other opportunities that i might have now how does it really play out with you i think one advantage with me what worked out for me and this is for me alone i'm not speaking for everybody else is this uh, vishesh one is um one is definitely the cross functional expertise or experience that i carry i'm always looked at as a healthcare consultant first but i'm not a typical healthcare consultant i'm always a healthcare strategy consultant which means i am somebody who sees both sides of the worlds and tries to put the puzzle together so when i'm working with an organization or a you know a team or a company for a project or something they do understand and realize that i carry both ends of the expertise and i and i've always been clear about my interests right so for example the current organization that i am part of they know that my core expertise lies in healthcare and driving strategies so for me to be able to uh, groom that expertise further i will have to continue to you know do what i want to do right mm-hmm. um but what helps is when you are clear about what you want and how you want to get into an arrangement with them you know mm-hmm. uh, what uh, troubles people i think what really creates issues is when you are not clear on what you want to do and then you don't communicate that to them for example if somebody or something doesn't allow me to pursue the multiple things that i want to pursue then probably i will not go pick it up mm-hmm. you know i will not put myself in a position where i'm not allowed to do the other things right so i've always been clear and um, transparent and very very professional about the things that i do you know um mm-hmm. so the very first conversation that i would have with any client or anybody that i'm working with is this that i would be um involving or i would be or i already am part of some of the conversations like this and i would like to help these businesses this way of course non compete and things which do not you know compete with one another definitely mm-hmm. as long as you're professionally uh transparent and you're clear about what is it that you want to do i think these can be managed in today's world uh, vishesh because um you know there's the statement typically used right sky is the limit i think today there is no limit right mm-hmm. um it's for you to decide how you want to climb and with what kind of uh, people that you want to work with what kind of enterprises you want to be associated with i think once you have that clarity and once you have that credibility established in the network right then mm-hmm. i don't think there is a problem 
and that it has worked out beautifully for me because like i said for all the same reasons that i have cited uh, mm -hmm. i don't get into uh, works where i am i have limitations like that because i know that uh, i want to do these multiple things um so that has helped me and it has worked out beautifully for me so far that's interesting and i'd like to add one thing here especially for doctors um and uh, medical students or people who are pursuing this as a career right mm -hmm. um consulting is not something when i say consulting i'm talking about management consulting mm -hmm. consulting is not something that uh, a lot of them understand uh, a lot of times you know uh, we are ingrained or trained to think about being an employee or a responsible a part of a responsible workforce of a single organization or so there's nothing wrong about it what mm -hmm. i'm saying is uh, especially my fellow colleagues and doctors and consultants today a lot of them are exploring entrepreneurial opportunities are working as consultants and advisors to other health tech med tech or other companies because they need healthcare expertise but they don't really want to bring on board a senior neurologist or a nephrologist so a lot of pharma companies and device companies also work with a lot of these clinicians to gather their insights and inputs as consultants now mm -hmm. what i want to tell a lot of people who are into medical practice and students who are getting out is as a medical professional also being in clinical practice also you get to do a lot of this consulting and advisory work you just have to be clear with your employer or whoever is your organization that you are working with but it is a great opportunity what consulting allows you to do is it delimits you it lets you explore different things if you have looked at my profile vishesh i am engaged with a health tech health it company i am engaged with a wellness company um i sit on the advisory board of a digital marketing company a startup now these are all varied experiences which will add to my expertise which will end up adding value to these organizations that i am being part of and i think they see that value as well so shivani you know now uh, when we talk about that you know who dr shivani is i i get to know that you know you are uh, sitting on you know a lot of advisory boards you are board members you know at various organizations you are also you know associate director at uh, you know one of the good organization in india but what i want to really see is that you know when you started up when you said that you know you really want to be consult uh, you know to become a consultant how did you really reach out to these organization like you know from where did you get your consulting work from where did you get these kind of referrals because i see that you know a lot of things happen because you are connected with a lot of people yeah how did that really work out you you just spelled it out you just said my answer for yourself uh, vishesh mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of these things work out because of networking right mm -hmm. and how does one network does it happen by just me going out there and networking and saying that i'm available i don't think so mm -hmm. um so how this is worked and especially if you see the profile and the uh, different organizations that i'm looped with right none of them are core healthcare none of them are core healthcare service <sighs> delivery you don't see me working with any hospitals as such mm -hmm. now these are all health tech uh digital health edtech wellness other these are digital marketing all of these are in the helm of healthcare pharmaceuticals mm -hmm. also but not core healthcare what has helped me is one is the kind of work experience that i've garnered from my initial days has been in one of these or all of these areas for example i have always been into marketing i have always been into management i have always been into strategy now that is one it brings you into loop and conversations with 
those sets of leaders on the other side. For example, mm -hmm. I was part of Apollo for quite some time, but was I in the clinical section of it? No, I was in the strategy and global partnerships affiliation section there leading that. Now, who does that put me in touch with? The, the leaders on the other side from various organizations across the world and India too, who are either strategists or CEOs or management heads or, you know, board members. Now, that is one thing. The kind of work I did put me in those groups closely, number one. That grows your network. Mm -hmm. Second is your professional network that you build over the years. You call it social media, be it LinkedIn or otherwise anything, uh, you know, any other network that you build, right? And I'm not talking about the Insta um, or the other uh, influencer model, but the professional networks and groups that you become part of. LinkedIn has been one strong um, influence in my life and it has extended the network greatly. Thirdly, here comes organizations like Bits Pilani or ISB, right? Where yeah. there is such cross-functional alumni network and faculty network and all of these people have gone out and built enterprises for themselves, right? And mm -hmm. there is a huge network of professionals and once you become a part of an institution like that, you get opened up to all of those networks as well. And since you are also in the same journey, either a management journey or an entrepreneurial journey, you get mm -hmm. looped with them for various reasons. And then the industry starts building its network with you. People reach out to you, you mm -hmm. know, and you might reach out to people for the kind of work you're pursuing, but the kind of network, some of them that I have built have been two way, you know, wherein once the exposure increases in the domain, and also a lot of it is dependent on the credibility um, that you build in the professional network as well, uh, Vishesh. The mm. kind of work you take up and the kind of deliverables that you do, um, you know, I think that builds its profile on its own. Um, I don't think anybody comes to me to ask, um, Dr. Shravni, what do you do or, uh, you know, um, um, or, or what is your image? Uh, nobody comes to ask me that, right? Anybody who wants to approach me already does that. You know, they would want to, if they're approaching me for a consulting work or if they're approaching me for some advisory role or something or for anything else, right? Or for an interview, they do know who they are reaching out to or they do their homework. I'm not saying I'm superiorly popular. I'm not. What I'm saying is if you want to reach out to me, you would want to look, look me up, right? Either mm. on social media or on the other uh, platforms where I'm available. You would like to see the kind of work I've done or who I worked with, or what kind of other work that I am part of in the society, because a lot of network builds outside of professional network also, right? For example, the social uh, activism that I do, I told you about, a lot of media and social groups and political groups also reach out. Now, what do they do? They look up what you've been doing, right? And, and, mm -hmm. and your journey speaks for you. So what helped me get into these companies uh, to answer your question very honestly, Vishesh, mm -hmm. is this. The professional network that I've built across the years and which is the cross-professional network that I'm talking about. You see, mm -hmm. uh, some of the best and best friends of mine, when I say friends, professional friends, great network I've built are mostly in the non-clinical domain, mm -hmm. you know, um, either in marketing or in tech or in management, right? Or investors or board members. Now that has helped me expand the reach on its own. I have my own clinical network as well that anyway builds, right? Because I belong to healthcare. I have that network anyway. But the added advantage was that the kind of work I did, the kind of choices I made, both as uh, work choices and consulting choices, I've always made unorthodox choices, you know, to yeah. try something new. For example, a lot of my profile, if you see, I've spent time in the startup ecosystem, digital health, home health, 
health tech and wellness now i have spent time in the startup ecosystem and they were a lot of them were risky decisions you know mm-hmm. but i always went ahead and tried them as long as i wanted to give it a shot and i believed in the choices that i was making now some work and some don't work out but having made those choices having walked those paths have you know brought a lot of people along with me and those networks now multiply right today somebody who i would have worked with or i am part of a board kind of you know uh, you know puts in a word like you rightly said references and they come to me and that network amplifies right and you know that better than anybody else that's amazing so uh, shami you know when i talk uh, you talked a lot about you know that you worked in the social sector about the social activism now i would right. really love to know that you know how, how does it really span out because you know we tried uh, working in the social sector for a while in law and i did come across you know a lot of things which uh, i would say civilians are not supposed to see mm. now when i talk mm. about healthcare profession i see that you know law and health uh, do cross their paths when you know it comes to this that uh, yes. we see a lot of things which the civilians are not even supposed to see now w- would you love to you know to shed some light on the the kind of work and how did you keep the keep up that pace um to begin with your statement vishesh when you said i did a lot of social work i wouldn't call it a lot i'm just getting started whatever little i've done mm-hmm. um and it's more to do with uh the causes that i am passionate about and you know the activism that i feel positive to be po- a part a part of okay mm-hmm. now first of all even before being a doctor and a healthcare i am one a citizen of this country is one second is i am a woman now that means a lot being a citizen means a lot being a woman means a lot and then i am a mother today now uh, even before coming to healthcare and being a doctor and how does that pan out in the social sector i think a lot of my causes are connected to me being a citizen of this country and fighting for certain causes second is being a woman and standing up for certain rights both um for uh, women and children as well especially for the girl child now why does this happen i'm not talking big words and jargons and some big social activism vishesh mm-hmm. this is from my own life and my own um journey things that i have gone through things that i have faced things that i have seen across my journey mm-hmm. which have influenced me either positively or negatively for which i have developed some beliefs today that i stand strongly for right mm-hmm. and i intend to support some of those causes to see if i can move the needle even by a millimeter so and one is when i said being a citizen i think a lot of times activism doesn't have to be going out there and you know um doing something really big about it a lot of times it could also be about being honest about your journey and get your voice out there so that it supports another right so mm. that's how my activism has begun um second definitely because i am a doctor and mm. today i am identified as a healthcare professional and a management professional and a, you know uh, somebody who's um professionally trying to succeed i have that place in the society so naturally there are certain healthcare or uh, you know medical related um works also reach to me Mm-hmm. Uh, i do take part where and when it makes sense for example the kalam's excellence uh, awards um, that you've mentioned about right now this is a voluntary organization which uh, started a huge exercise here a couple of years ago when covid struck if you remember there was a lot of violence against doctors that was prevailing 
you know um there were a lot of doctors who were being abused and you know the story during covid what happened otherwise also it happens but during covid specifically and i think all of us were in a crisis not knowing what to do there are many organizations who felt the need to support and motivate the doctors in their own way we have seen a lot of our juniors practicing doctors pgs who were kicked out of hospitals their uh, apartments and rental homes because they were coming back from hospitals every day and the mm-hmm. societies didn't want them but then at the end of the day these are the doctors who treated you i'm just giving one example right now mm-hmm. there were various issues and causes for which different organizations have done many initiatives so act now uh, it's just one example you know i'm i sit on the board of theirs as well as an honorary director um, they wanted to motivate these doctors by honoring them acknowledging them and saying that you know you, you you're doing a decent job we are here with you sort of a thing mm-hmm. um, that's an exercise which started now i'm part of that what do i do as part of it where in my network wherever i know a doctor is doing their honest job you know mm-hmm. i pass on that information their information uh, to the uh, team and they take it forward so that is one kind of an initiative now there are a lot of other things like i said about women and child abuse is something that i'm passionate about mm-hmm. right um and any social cause that that stands for an individual's right irrespective of the gender i am mm-hmm. happy to be part of it second if there is anything specific about women and child abuse i'm happy to be part of it there are some local organizations that i'm part of i also run a charity called uh, hopeful charities which is something that i have started with my late husband uh, about 7 8 years ago mm-hmm. uh, the idea was one to run uh, rural health screening camps for lifestyle disorders and cancers that's where it began with the idea but my idea was also to extend it to mental health and women and child abuse which is something i will go on to build um mm-hmm. in the future but these are all causes i believe in now how does that work um in the society today uh, you mentioned about law and how um, you know probably there are things that are um unwarranted and you know unnecessary that happen and that's what you were referring to now these are all part and parcel of any professional journey or any in, the moment you want to be socially responsible these things come up wishing mm-hmm. i think it's for you as an individual to decide what you want to do you know and to what extent you want to do it for example i'm not somebody who's loud and flamboyant and goes out there and you know kind of creates a big noise no i do it in my own small way um in the causes that i believe in and wherever somebody else is doing something similar and i'm happy to give my time and participate i go and do that uh, that's mm-hmm. how i do it but mental health and women and children sexual abuse are areas where i would like to probably start a social enterprise uh, in the future uh, maybe 2 to 3 years down the line uh, let's see where that goes but that's where my heart is uh, but shruti you know when we talk about this journey this is mm-hmm. very unconventional and is mm-hmm. it worth a gamble is so it worth you, the gap hmm. yeah so that hmm. you know now that you have done it and you would hmm. see you know 10 years back or you would see someone you know who you think is someone like you would you say that hmm. you know was it worth the gamble now here's the way i look at it vishesh hmm. what is worth the gamble in the world if we have to ask Mm-hmm. what is worth the gamble the most common answer now let's be honest about it because you said this is a candid conversation right mm-hmm. let's be as honest as possible the moment you say what is worth the gamble in another way how do you define success in the terms of the world right mm-hmm. um, because you asked me the question if a junior wants to do this or if somebody wants to do this what would i say right now that depends on how you want to see yourself in the future or what you want to achieve right mm-hmm. and what is worth the gamble in the worldly language if you say what is worth it and everything is defined mostly on money and power right mm-hmm. 
nothing else and this is i'm talking about most that's why i said not completely all of it but mostly right mm-hmm. the topmost chunk if you take 100 people in the society randomly ask them what is worth the gamble all the effort that you do one thing that tops the list is money second is probably power right mm-hmm. where you define your success most of them now the question you've asked me is it worth mm-hmm. the gamble is it is worth the person that i have become today it is worth the individual that i am today it is worth the mother that i get to be for the child that i am raising it is worth the definition of success that i will give her which is very different from how the world defines it now you may ask me what is that definition right mm-hmm. to be able to be absolutely clear and honest about who you are and what you want to do in the moment that you are in and to be able to do that right to be just you and nobody else which is exactly what i'm trying to be right now to be you no facade and to do what you exactly want to do and how you want to do it and i am not saying that everybody has that choice and not that i have had these choices prepared for me it wasn't an easy journey vishesh mm-hmm. and it is not something that you are happy to do there there are good days there are bad days there are good hours there are bad hours there are good outcomes there are bad outcomes but at the end of it today what i can tell you vishesh is that every crossroads of my journey both personal and professional mm-hmm. i chose to be me and i did what i felt i should be doing and it was only my choice and nobody else's so what does that make me today is i have no regrets now for me that is really really important because success in terms of the worldly measure of be it um entrepreneurial success you call it fame you call it power you call it money is always temporary and it changes dynamics you make today you lose tomorrow you have today you lose tomorrow you don't have it today you will make it tomorrow right mm-hmm. because change is the only constant it will keep changing so your success is never something that you define in this moment right it changes but for me the success of a person is this for me was it worth the gamble it is worth this gamble that i am able to define success like this for my daughter that i get to give her that freedom show her that freedom that it is okay to be you you could be a doctor getting out of a medical school but still if you want to uh, fly a plane it is okay it might be difficult it will take time but if it, if that is what is going to make you happy that's what you should be doing because we get only one shot at life and that journey um where it goes how it takes you is is that's why it's called a journey right and 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 if you want to define that journey and describe that journey today itself wishes ki ye jo the famous question by hr professionals right um there's a big joke about this ki where do you see yourself 5 years down the line my answer is i hope i don't know i don't want to know i hope i don't know because if i know where i want to be in 5 now i'm not saying it's bad to be ambitious i'm not saying it's bad it's, it's bad to have goals i'm not saying that don't misunderstand me mm-hmm. it's good to have goals it's good to have ambitions and work towards it but at any given point you should have the guts to either go through with it or if it is not making you happy to walk away from it. you should be flexible enough in life one is definitely determined enough to go after a goal but should be flexible enough to take a different turn and so was it worth the gamble you should answer me it was while listening to you i would say that you know it is worth every single shot that you take oh thank you so much for because saying that you know if you are if you are able to 
calculate all these things then you know what's the point in playing the game that's you know one thing that i would say you know see the perspective as that you are able to calculate every single thing what's the point of playing the game now and, it's good to calculate uh, yeah Vishesh, it's good to see, calculate num- numbers are good numbers are good see we all we all want to take some predictable risk but the point mm-hmm. is okay i'll i'll just take a vague example we always talk about business and management and numbers and everything is planned right mm-hmm. you strategize you plan you put your numbers right it's mm-hmm. all on paper and you say as per this plan as per this strategy we should hit these numbers maybe we'll be a little delayed but we should be able to hit this right mm-hmm. that's how businesses are uh, managed right mm-hmm. now let, let, let let's bring life into this right we can't take life out of this na mm-hmm. we have to bring life into this covid happened right mm-hmm. which means covid happened 2 years ago a, a great pandemic struck the world mm-hmm. what is the biggest lesson all of us have learned vishesh it's this that everything and anything that we plan or do is bound to be hit by a curve ball which mm-hmm. you can't be certain about then what do you do if your made up plans have all gone to a toss what happened in covid right how mm-hmm. many businesses have shut families have shattered plans have been broken what happens then you should be flexible enough to tweak your plans to remake your plans to restart your strategy restart your engine probably restart your life mm-hmm. if you are not flexible enough and gutsy enough to do that and if you think the plan on paper is going to work what are you going to do when it doesn't right because mm-hmm. life happens and business is a part of it not the other way around business is a part of life but not life is a part of business you know what i mean the professions that we are in mm-hmm. um, the work that we do the businesses that we run um, all these jargons that we speak about they are part of our life we are not part of them you know and for us to be able to so calculations are good because you want to take some predictable risk but there is always that x percentage of uncertainty that will always exist and for that you need to have flexibility and clarity of thought and uh, you know um, have that determination within you that it is you who will drive all of this and it is not the other way around you don't put your bets on the business you put the bet on you and and shrimi you know this takes me back to my 11th standard i still remember that you know when we were taking the first class of physics my school teacher told me that you know vishesh mm-hmm. this particular thing that you write in every calculation the error of margin mm-hmm. should be mm-hmm. as minimal as possible but should always be there because when this goes wrong the equation doesn't you know fall apart the equation stays just the error of margin fluctuates mm. Mm. and and that's you know, what i get from when you say that you know about flexibility that the equation might remain the same only the error of margin you know should be slightly fluctuating sometime it might be really minimal sometime it might be substantial but it's just the error of margin the equation remains the same yeah yeah and and your focus needs to be on how you want to change the equation and it's in your hands definitely i don't believe now um a lot of things are said about luck and destiny uh what i would like to believe in is luck and destiny have their role to play but i think the real um author of your own story is yourself because you get to just the example you gave right how do you want to change that equation um uh, from that positive margin uh, the negative margin to positive mar- margin of it's a substantial error then how do you make it minimal and make it more meaningful or a better equation i think it depends on you so i think that's why i said was it worth the gamble is the gamble was this the gamble was to see 
if i get to make these choices continuously every single time and continue with the risk that i have taken and stu- stuck to it you know be stuck to it and be able to go through with it that was the gamble and i've done that now like i said some things work out some things don't work out but what matters is today as i sit with you here i have no regrets and that doesn't mean that you know i have lost everything or i have not succeeded in anything we haven't discussed success and failure at all right which is not something i'm interested in also there a lot of things that i've done but what i'm saying is i don't regret even a single decision because each time it was mine and mine alone and you should be uh, you know in that position whatever that is a fellow colleague of mine would have wanted to just pursue clinical medicine and do a super speciality built a super hospital and be a successful practitioner good for them if they've done that if they have that clarity of thought that's not something i wanted to do i wanted to do something different i wanted to do something unorthodox i had i wanted to i wanted to and my need is to keep myself interested i'm somebody who's always interested i needs to be interested otherwise i get bored um i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing i'd like to think it's a good thing that mm-hmm. it, it at least helps me have conversations like these so i've done that and you know shravani that's as honest and as beautiful as it could be so shravani you know it has been a good time and you know i i really enjoyed every single bit of this conversation so any parting words for our audience um well i don't know who your typical audience is vishesh but if i am talking to my fellow counterparts and colleagues from the clinical industry so to say uh, juniors or people who are thinking that you know um when i get into clinical career is this all that there is or you know uh, or who are wondering that if there is more they could do i'd like to tell everybody today that there is no limit to grow your expertise and expand your expertise um if you are gutsy enough and for that you don't have to leave your core passion if you want to pursue clinical medicine you can still parallelly try a lot of other things if you are interested in if you are not interested in then so be it but at the end of the day the decision has to be yours and today in healthcare the opportunities are so vast for someone who's passionate interested there are clinicians who are getting into artificial intelligence and machine learning and building supreme robotic models for future now that is not something they were trained for but that's something they have passion for and they've groomed themselves into it so if you're somebody who wants to cross skill if you're somebody who wants to change the path of your career i'm not saying you should but if you are somebody who's thinking that can i change that is that okay to change a career path being a clinical professional it's absolutely okay because if that's what you want to do and that's what you should be exploring um there there is no loss in exploring and there are so many opportunities today and i wish everybody who's thinking in those directions all the best um don't think about the biases and limitations it's it's in our own minds what we limit ourselves so that's what i would like to convey if you want to go the unorthodox way there's a famous poem right the road not taken if you want to take that road then you just have to make the first step that's it and you would have taken that road i did wow so shravani you know it was really nice having you over the lecture today i really enjoyed every single bit of this conversation and i really you know hope that we would uh, again have you know some kind of conversation at some point of time again 
Absolutely, Vishesh. I also thoroughly enjoyed my time here. This is not a formal interview. It's just a conversation that we've had and, and I love that. Thank you so much for having me. All the best with your show and your other conversations and uh, hope to catch up with you soon. Thank you. Sure.